Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, hey, why are people into that, listeners? So it's taken me a while, but I'm finally releasing the footage from my wire people into that live panel that I hosted at Camp Ravish, which is this sexy, kinky event just outside Austin, Texas. This was recorded in June 2017, and the atmosphere was pretty incredible. We were outdoors in this rural area by a river, uh, and we were kind of under this awning decorated with this sort of psychedelic decoupage. It was really unique and I had a great time and it was uh, super warm because uh, it was June in Texas but during this recording it happened to be also lightly raining which made for some serious like mud puddle fucking for um, other people. I observed other people fucking in the mud but the reason that I'm telling you this is that you will hear the rain throughout this episode which might be distracting, but I honestly, listening to it and editing it, uh, found it kind of soothing. So I hope you do too. My special guest for this episode is JD, the legendary bondage educator from Two Naughty Boys. Thanks to the organizers for having me, and if you're in the Austin area, check out Ravish. The sex toy mavens at WeVibe are launching a pop-up shop in the LA and New York City Pleasure Chest stores all April long in celebration of their 10-year anniversary. So if you're in the area, make sure to check out WeVibe's line of romantic and innovative vibrators. Meanwhile, in Chicago, the Lincoln location of the Pleasure Chest just finished their remodel, and I hear it looks absolutely gorgeous. A great day to see for yourself would be the BJ's and Beyond workshop on April 18th, hosted by Tania and Joe. Listeners in the LA area will want to show up for verbal domination with Simone Justice on Sunday, April 22nd. As always, Pleasure Chest events are free, and everything in the store from the squirt-absorbing throw blanket to that latex puppyhood I've seen you eyeing is 15% off for all attendees. To get all the info you need, check out pleasurechest.com slash events and follow Pleasure Chest on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, now back to the show. Who was at karaoke last night? Saw some of your cute faces. I had a blast. Now I'm all tangled up. How's everybody doing? Has anybody done anything so far at camp that they have never done before? What'd you do? <laughs> That's a good answer. Oh, good answer. I like him already. Everybody's a comedian at Ravish Camp, Camp Ravish. Okay, everybody, thanks for your patience on the slow Saturday start. I've got my coffee here. One sec. 
So I'm Tina Horn. I'm very excited to be here. I live in New York City and I've only been to Texas a couple of times and it's been like 10 years. So I'm very happy to, to be in Austin and to be at Camp Ravish. So I do a couple of things. I got my start as a sex worker, mostly BDSM sex worker in the Bay Area. Now my focus is on writing. I do a lot of sex work activist journalism, as well as like teaching about various kinds of BDSM and leather subcultures. I've written a couple of books. One is called Love Not Given Lightly, and that is actually about kink and sex work in the Bay Area. And I also wrote a guide to modern dating, which is called Sexting. And the main thing that I do, which is my favorite thing that I do, is a podcast called Why Are People Into That? And I've been doing it for uh, going on four years. It's totally independent. I produce and host it myself. And on every episode of the podcast, I have a different guest and the guest chooses a topic related to sex, kink, gender, and or love. And then we ask the question, why are people into that? We do it in a very non-judgmental way, a very, you know, often very raunchy, lots of sexy stories, um, often also very political, usually pretty funny, and dynamic and conversational. So that's totally free to listen to on the internet, download wherever you listen to podcasts, or go to whyarepeopleintothat.com. <clears throat> And so what we're going to do today, I've started doing this year, is a little bit of a live wire people into that. So the idea is that I have a list here of dirty things I made. I always make the list at the last minute. I'm like, what is on my mind? And I also looked a little bit at um, some of the events this weekend to maybe discern what y'all are into or curious about. And basically we're gonna go down the list. So if you, if anybody has a specific question about a specific topic that we're covering, I'm gonna, um, before we move on to the next topic, um, open it up for questions because I want this session to be like highly participatory. I know that there's like a lot of different communities here and so I'm excited that people might bring some of their curiosity to this space and that might promote like understanding and experience and experimentation. So before we get started, I would love for JD, my panelists, I think everybody else is sleeping, which I can't blame them for, um, or maybe they're fucking in the woods, I don't know. Will you introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, my name's JD. Uh, I'm better known as JD of Two Naughty Boys. I'm here to teach uh, anything having to do with bondage. Basically, I'm your guy when it comes to bondage. Anything suspension, anything shibari score uh, oriented, anything uh, uh, fusion bondage. Uh, I have been teaching professionally for 25 years. I've co-authored two best-selling books, Two Naughty Boys Showing You the Ropes, Two Naughty Boys Back on the Ropes. I've also, been, I've also authored uh, six uh, books on paracord, paracord ties and knots, survival ties, basket ties, bracelet ties, quick release ties. I've coordinated and uh, counseled the military. I've worked with people in scouts and survival skills. I've also done jewelry books. Mm. I've done leather ported jewelry books. Anything with a linear orientation, even piping. I've done piping and instrument diagrams because I'm really good at wrapping pipe and such around building structures and footprints and what have you. I've been acknowledged by the International Guild of Knot Tires for my contributions to time. I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> I love the color like smoky blue, not too mm. blue, not too mm. black, but no. But yeah, no, I, it's fundamentally been my life journey to explore and experiment and create designs and ways of people connecting with both their own independent self-esteem because they made something beautiful, they made something that they're proud of. In the case of Paracore, for example, I work with a lot of vets, a lot of people who are injured and going through a lot of depression, substance abuse issues. 
and they're trying to reconnect with their families, with their communities, and building, the, making these bracelets has enabled them to sort of both feel self-esteem and then also reconnect. And people go, hey, could, I want to engage with you. I want to talk to you. I want a bracelet from you. Mm. And then the bondage, which is sort of a real core part of who I am, is a way of connecting. Um, it's a way of slowing down the sensual process. It's hot as fuck. And I, I find it incredibly alluring and tantalizing when someone is bound and fuckable and there's nothing they can do about it. It's really odd, especially when you're with someone you trust. I'm not saying this is happening at a bus stop or like casual encounters. This is not, I'm saying these are people you really care for and, and you trust and have grown to know. And that's it. So I, I have traveled the world doing what I do. I've taught in Japan, I've taught in Holland, I've taught in France, taught in Germany. Our books have been translated into foreign languages. Some of my books, one of my books translated seven times. Uh, Japanese, Korean, German, French, Czech, it goes on. So I'm that guy. Hi, my name is JD. I love those books. I definitely could tell you some stories about being at the uh, dungeon, you know, with other dominatrixes, like sitting around waiting for the phone to ring with like two naughty boys books, like open and like somebody being like, okay, wait, no, that's a granny knot. Oh God. Like, uh, anyway, so we could go on and on about that. You know, my first question was going to be, why are people into bondage? I feel like yeah. <laughs> that's like an easy one for you. And you kind of already started, but a little bit, yeah. I would love if you would give sort of like a, like if there is somebody here this weekend that's like, what, tying, tying people up? Like, yeah. what's sexy about that? I would love for sure. you to start with why are people into bondage? I could, uh, I could tell you a little bit about what I've heard from others, and then I could give you my own personal experiences. Everyone's unique. Everyone has their own angle on things. So I'm not going to try to suggest that everyone's into this because of what I'm about to say, but I'll give you a little bit of a sampling. For me personally, when I was growing up, I was, uh, I've been in bondage since I was a kid. I've always really had a fascination with rope and bondage and tying people up. I think for me, it originally uh, sourced from shows like Wonder Woman, you know, where she was tied up. I was, you know, going through puberty and seeing this fantastically bodied woman, you know, bound to a chair, cleave gags, that sort of thing. Electro Woman and Dinah Girl. I, I grew up in a very sexualized part of San Francisco. I grew up in downtown San Francisco, Tenderloin. I'll just be really honest, there was a lot of prostitution, there was a lot of things going on, there was a lot of sexualization in my neighborhood. The girls my age, no one I was never engaged with, with anyone older than my own age, were very aware of sex. Sex was something that was really a part of a lot of the culture when I was growing up in middle school. And it was scaring, it scared the fuck out of me, to be honest with you. I was really, I was really intimidated by it. And so when I first started engaging girls, I liked to tie them up because first off, I was under control, I, and, I, and it, 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 I was able to initiate, and then it also slowed down the central process, mm. so I didn't feel this pressure to be so over-eager and to push it to this ultimate thing. So I was able to explore the body, I was able to take my time, and it was hot. I just created a lot of imagery around it. For other people, that's my origin story. It's developed into romantic partnerships. My girlfriend's over here. It's, it's a form of connection, it's a form of trust. It's our love language. It's just how we love each other. And so it, it's fundamentally about love. You know, often said, no matter what your fantasy is, I mean, I can tell you what you're, whatever you're into, I can tell you your ultimate fantasy is love. And that's basically no matter, whether you're into leather, whether you're into wrestling, whether you're into bondage, whatever it is, we all share that desire. 
and that's fundamentally what it's about for me. For others, some people have a lifetime fucking a very specific way, and it gets old. Or the sex life kind of starts to dim because you're just not that into it anymore. It's just maybe the, for a variety of reasons. You're stressed out by family, you've got responsibilities, the kids are you know, at your heels, you're running from daycare to work to, you know, God, I just want to drink and watch some Netflix. And so spicing up your love life, trying something a little bit out of your wheelhouse can give you a new way of looking at your partner. Um, and it also gives you a new way of approaching your own dynamic because you're like, now I have something to explore, to learn, to get good at. And I have a partner, a willing partner who, you know, fosters that development and that journey. And I've, I've met a lot of people who are at the brink of divorce, the brink of breakup, and then they start going to some workshops, take, you know, practicing with some books. Dan and I also have over a hundred free videos on YouTube and our website, completely downloadable. And we shoot from the angle of, uh, of what you would see if you're looking at the rope. So we put the camera here and you just, you just see my hands in the rope. So yeah, there's a lot of different stories. I've met people who've reconnected and with themselves and others through bondage. Um, but I see it as a loving, sensual, and trusting process. Do you like getting tied up, JD? Yeah, cool. I do, I do. How blunt can we be here? Really okay. blunt? I mean, on I, my show, you can be as blunt as you want to be. I, I love, I love, I love when Ash, you know, ties me up and masturbates me. Yeah, it feels good. Um, I like getting fucked, so no shame there. And so, yeah, I like, I like being tied up by the right person. It's a trust thing, you know? Totally. Because, like, some people, like, mistake that, oh, you're in bondage, I'll tie you up. And it's like, well, I don't even know you. Like, slow your roll. Like, I'm still human. I have consciousness and a heart, and I have to, like, actually, and you know. And, and, yeah, and compatibility. Exactly. Like, just because you're, yeah, yeah I mean, this is going to be true about everything, everything that we... You go, oh, you're in bondage. Cool. Cool. I'm over here. I'll see you in two minutes. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. Like, Dad, yeah, buy me dinner. Come on. <laughs> or buy me a breakfast. <laughs> 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 yeah, like... And I am definitely also a, a switch in most things, definitely with bondage. <laughs> I'm actually really lousy at bondage. Uh, maybe I should come to your classes, although I've been to so many. And practice so much i the thing that i love about being tied up is first of all like relinquishing responsibility it gets me out of my like cerebral space and also because i'm a switch it like definitely like signals to me i don't have to be the top and i don't have to like make the decisions or be the director but i also very like physically like love having something to like strain against i'm like a very active person and i'm very like active sexually and so sometimes i yeah like being like held down and like getting really excited and into things and just being like ah like the hulk you know when are your bondage classes this weekend the first one is right after this. Great. I think it starts uh, like right after this. Like at noon? Yeah, it's like noonish or something like that. And that's bedroom bondage. So that's, that's all material that you have in your bedroom. You don't have to bring any rope. If you have a belt, if you have a pillowcase, if you have a pillow, if you have a towel, um, if, you have a, if you have a rack for your coat, you can take it off. And all those materials, I'll show you how to use those. This is like, you just ended up in, on vacation. You're like, holy shit, I want to do some bondage. Bam, I'll show you how to do it. Cool. Then this afternoon is domination bondage. And domination bondage, just to give you an idea, one of the ties I show you in, in three, three to four seconds, how you can have someone immobilized and fuckable and, and they cannot escape within three to four seconds. Man or woman, large or small, I promise you. I can take, I can take the largest person in the room, the strongest person in the room, and I will, I will humiliate them. <laughs>
let's move on to our next topic. And this is one that I think is going to be really relevant to everyone this weekend, which is exhibitionism and voyeurism. Uh First of all, will you define exhibitionism and voyeurism for anyone who doesn't know the difference or can't keep them straight, so to speak? Exhibitionism in a general way is someone who likes to be seen, someone who likes to make love in public, someone who likes to have their body, you know, admired, and someone who gets tantalized by by eyes, by people Mm. watching them, by people seeing them do the things that most people do behind doors. And it can be anything. Some people are exhibitionists and they're just doing a stage show. They Mm. may be fully closed and they just like to get out there and be seen. They like, some exhibitionists like to do karaoke. Some exhibitions. I've never heard of that. Some, yeah, some exhibitions <laughs> like the fucking public. And then voyeurism is that sort of, you know, peeping Tomish, and I say ish because it's that sort of, um, it's like like to watch other people, in a way that excludes you from that necessarily uh, from the from. You know, there might be, I would I would I would add that there should be consent. Always. Um, yeah, and and that, that that voyeurism in itself. Uh, you know, can be can be questionable because I don't give you permission to look through my window and watch me and my girlfriend, you know, have sex per se. If it happens accidentally, you walk in, no problem. Hey, no harm, no foul. But um, but uh, yeah, generally speaking, uh, there are circ- there's what I call safe containers, spaces that uh, people have awareness that voyeurism may occur in like a group play area, and so they understand that yeah, we might be playing and people might be watching. So there's sort of there's assumed consent by agreeing to the to standards of the room. Uh, and the same thing goes for, I just go step it back for a second, the same thing goes for, um, for exhibitionism in many cases, because there, there needs to be some form of consent to, be see, to see someone True. doing that too. Uh, so there's consent to be seen and there's consent, sometimes I, you know, I turn and I go, oh my god, someone's junk! You know, I have to consent to that. You know, so. Just because I like to be seen doesn't mean I like to see. So. But those are the general gist of it, seers and doers. Yeah, and we have, you you mentioned this, but, you know, obviously I think we're all aware here of the very strong social taboos that we have about sex being private, sex being something that happens behind closed doors, nudity being something that doesn't happen in public. And and this is actually one of those taboos that I, I think I'm, in general, that I'm I'm glad that it exists for, for society, for kind of the reasons that you mentioned. It means that there, that humans can create spaces to enter into consensually to see and be seen in uh, in terms of nudity in terms of sexuality you know just like any social taboo a lot of the times it goes to an extreme place that has to do with shame right so then we're we're ashamed of our bodies we're ashamed of of seeing people naked we're uncomfortable seeing people naked because we're uh, ashamed of our own bodies and you know we have this strong idea that we're, we're not supposed to see that also when it comes to people's right to privacy and people's right to do what uh, they are consenting what adults are consenting to behind closed doors people then like go to an extreme place where they're like well i get to police what you do you know behind closed doors etc etc so so the thing that is so amazing about spaces like this is that we can explore seeing and being seen and pushing on those taboos everyone here has not automatically default consented to like seeing and being seen or doing and being done um with uh, everything that could possibly happen here but it's more of a space where people have agreed to be uh open to that and and so i think that that is such an amazing opportunity for people to 
start to realize like what is the difference between like what I am ashamed of and and what what my desires are and and where where my actual boundaries are in terms of what you like to do in terms of being in groups in terms of showing off in terms of somebody else showing off to you no I, I like that I like that's a good I love I love that elaboration of it because that's very true and it's there's a there's a grand irony is a grand irony we will pay money we will televise people beating the crap out of each other like that's okay we're okay with that but if you show a nipple oh yeah you're, you're gonna get arrested like people go nuts um you know recently on facebook for example someone did an incredibly violent act and i was up on facebook for two hours because like, i don't even mention it act it was horrible it was ending the life of another person i was up for two hours so their terms of use reviewers left that up for two hours i posted a picture that showed a nipple it never saw the light of day their terms of use people are like immediately no. Someone murdering someone? Two hours. Yeah, let's, let's you know, give that a little we space. We have a really wild dynamic around our bodies and around sex. And um, this is a sacred event of connection. Mm. This is two people jo joining in, in sensuality and, and sharing this, this magical moment, be it, be it intercourse or be it just pleasure around the body. And I think it should be celebrated, not necessarily violated in, in the case of consent, you, you know, but I think it should have a, a, a higher status in our society than having the opportunity for shame, really. I, don't think, I feel it's like, we should be more shameful that we want to beat the crap out of each other and pay money to watch it. I mean, if, if you, you like, if you Xbox like to consent, if you like to consent to have the crap beat out of you, that is like oh, a whole, other, that's a whole yeah. other topic, yeah. yeah. And you don't have to pay me. <laughs> fucking hit me. <laughs> Let me do it with my pants down for Christ's sake. Give me a give me a moment. No, with your like, nipples out. I know exactly. I'm like, all right, do it again. So speaking of beating the crap out of each other consensually in an erotic way, yeah. JD, will you tell the folks why people are into spanking? Spanking's awesome. I'll just go straight to the awesome. When you get into sensation play, mm. you really you you know the person who's experiencing the sensation, the person who's delivering the sensation. Really, they can fall into a fantasy space in their mind that the event that is taking place in front of them might not even be what they're in. They're they're in they're either, either reliving a childhood fantasy or, or a moment that, or they're into some kind of capture fantasy. Oh yeah, kidnapping. Kidnapping, torture fantasy, and this is the dance between fantasy and reality. We're not saying we want to be tortured. We're not saying we want to be captured and kidnapped by strangers. But but that corporal punishment. Um, that but yeah, uh, yeah, discipline. Discipline. Yeah. Um, I've been a bad girl. I've been a bad boy. That's one element of it. And, and again, it goes, it goes in all shapes and sizes, right? It's and but then also just the percussion of the ass, the high thighs, low thighs can stimulate your cock, stimulate your your pussy. It's it feels good. It's also a localization of sensation. So you see, feel that warmth. You feel that sting. I mean, it's coming at the hand of of your partner, your, you know, it could just be your equal partner, your dom, your daddy, your your mama, whatever whatever dynamic you have, but it just feels good and it feels, you surrender, mm. you know, to the sensation. Mm. So yeah, it's like you can tell I'm into it because I'm like going, oh, yeah, I don't know how to describe this. <laughs> it feels really good. And, uh, this is very dry and yeah. academic, JD. I know, exactly. <laughs> I, I would also like to add to that. I, I may be alone here, but like I'm I'm really into butts. Like, is that, oh, do, are there any other butt-loving butt yes. people out there? Inside, outside, upside down, oh, like crap. sideways. I like... Can, can I have five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so so most of us have most of us have butts and yeah yeah for the most part yeah I don't want to I don't know your life so that's one of the things that I that I love about spanking is that's a great call I don't know why I missed that I mean I it's cool there's so many things to love about it I mean like as a as a top as the person who is administering the spanking as an ass lover having an ass attached to a person having a person <laughs> having a person like over my lap so that their ass is just like in my lap and I just get the, uh, the this is like they're surrendering you use yeah. the word surrender they're surrendering to me and making themselves really vulnerable which like it's hot for me that they're making themselves vulnerable it's hot for them that they're making themselves vulnerable and then I just get to like spend time doing lots of weird things to that butt which you know that's just really all you've ever wanted to yeah. do, right? So, I mean, there there is, like, the percussive element. Uh, I'm a drummer, so I, like, really do, like, love to just be like, these are my bongos, you know? Especially if it's, like, a nice, meaty, juicy ass. Like, really just trying to, like, like to see if I can, like, pick them up, like, by the flesh of their behind is a fun game to try. You may never achieve it, but it is a great journey like slapping and punching like it, when you have someone like over your lap or over your knee otk as we call it in the game it can sometimes be harder to like really get like a nice punch in but if you have someone like bent over a railing like this one for example or against a tree which you might be able yeah, to do totally. in this environment no, um then you can like really <laughs> kind of like get a little bit more like yeah. ballistic energy in there the ass worship is like often associated with like a submissive person who is worshiping their dominant by like kissing their ass right which in a way is like can be like erotic humiliation or 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 like a way of showing subservience um and i'm also into that it's like dominant ass worship to to spank someone to just be able to like enjoy them in that way so that's my rant about butts well said. it won't be the last that right there is the real answer <laughs> i was focused on something yeah you're right i mean the ass is such a beautiful gift mm. it is such a beautiful gift by the way i'm a trumpeter He's a drummer. I'm a trumpet. Oh, cool. So, I mean, yeah, you could definitely play <laughs> trumpet. Yeah, no, you could put those skills no, to no, use on a butt for butt, sure. Yeah, exactly. yeah I'm No, but it is. It's just, it's magnificent. I love, I love butts so much. And then the thing you talk about voyeurism, it's so much easier to check out a butt than it is a breast. Because you can just, I will, want hear something a little secret? This is horrible. I live in the city, so I can do this a lot. But when I see someone walking and I think, I want to look at their butt, I turn before they walk by me. So then it's their fault. <laughs> I was already looking that way. I did not Google you. Oh my I god. Pre, I totally pre-turned. Oh my god, I totally you, do that. You walked into my turn. I actually didn't even I, I like don't even I'm not even like Machiavellian about it. I think I just started doing that as a teenager and Oh my god, I totally I go, do I see something, too. I go, I really got, I got, I'm like, I you know, well, I'm this. like, I'm curious, so I'm just gonna, just yeah. Turn, just turn. Oh, they just walked into my no. field of vision. I well, I, you know, I, I have the experience of being checked out and catcalled a lot more for my ass than my tits, for reasons that you, that you might notice when I'm walking around. And, but the thing that's really great about that for me is that it doesn't actually, like, bother me as much because by the time somebody is, like, drooling over me, I'm, like, already on my way. I'm gone, you know, so... That's nice. But if somebody came up to me and started unconsensually spanking yeah. me, that would not be yeah. okay. But if somebody... Um, or, or even talking about it. I mean, there's some, I mean we're, yeah. we're talking about I'm on my way to work, or you're on your way to a, the podcast, or you're doing yeah. something. You don't need people going, hey, I would like to isolate a part of your body, and I would like to talk to you, stranger person. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can you can check it out. You can check just, it out. You just, you, yeah, be just respectful. Be about respectful. It. Yeah. Very true. Very true. I want to I want to segue a little bit from spanking to talk about other kinds of impact play, particularly because there are so many amazing vendors already set up here with implements that maybe some of you are like, what the hell is yeah. this pile of leather for? And the answer, my friends, is hitting butts and other things, but impact play. So essentially, spanking is like sort of the most primal, you know, and simple, you know, gateway drug version of impact play, which basically means, you know, anytime you're going to use any kind of energy to impact with another person's body, the idea to create some kind of sensation, you, you mentioned sensation play, so it doesn't necessarily need to be pain. There are all different kinds of sensations from, from scratching to temperature play to like teasing to sort of like raising people's goosebumps and, and that kind of thing. And then getting also into lots of different sadomasochistic, erotic, consensual pain activity, which I'm also very much into and endorse. So it's like, it's a whole beautiful yeah. menu. And just because like I'm into like very extreme erotic pain, both giving as a sadist and receiving as a masochist. But I also like the slow, sensual, teasing kinds of warm-up and, and entire scenes that are more focused on that playfulness. So just because you're into really extreme things doesn't mean that it's like wussy stuff to be into the like lighter side. So yeah, impact play. Do you want to list sure. some of the wonderful yeah. implements I that- knew, uh, I know a thing or two about this stuff. I one believe of, you. One of the things I do is I train dominatrixes in all the materials that they work with and timing and structure and stuff. This is the, this is my wheelhouse. But um, for as far as, there's so many different ways of, of utilizing an instrument, uh, be it a vlogger, be it a staff, be it a, be it a, a reed, or be it, be it a paddle. Uh, starting with like floggers, if you're starting off with floggers, you could start off with like your rabbit, rabbit fur floggers, which are very soft. You don't feel much of a thud, it's more of a sensual kind of thing. You can go from there, you can go from like, uh, to like, to like a buffalo hide, which would be like kind of in, in between. And they even have deer hide. And then you have like some really thicker leather, uh, like flail flogger types and such. And so you can, you can have, not all floggers are made made equally. You can even have rope floggers, um, and those generally are going to have you're going to distribute the weight of of the of the of the, the flogger tails over the ass, over the thighs, over various parts. Staying away from the kidneys, staying away from various organs that you don't want to percuss and that sort of thing. You don't want to rupture anything. As a former boxer, let me tell you, I got punched once and it's not pretty. It lasts for like four or five days. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> sorry, breakdown. Anyway, so um, the other thing you have is like uh, you're percussive. So some people really like they don't like the the tapping. So you could do, and then the sting, the real sting is like of course like a single tail and a more isolated, more. Focused. So the single tail is um is like if yep. you think of like Indiana Jones bullwhip, right? So like so whereas shorter, a flog yeah. yeah, whereas a flogger is going to be like a handle with like falls, yeah. like I like you were saying like either leather or um or rubber or rope or like yeah, any kind any kind of tires yeah like if you yeah. think of like a cat of nine tails right that but tires. then and then a single tail is the much more like uh localized concentrated yes. and the more um the smaller the surface area the more the sensation is going to be yeah. like a sting and the and the broader the surface area in general the more it's going to be sort of more thuddy and some people prefer thuddy to stingy and some people like it all yeah Absolutely, and then and then you have uh, then you have various solid objects. So you have you can have your broad um, paddle, um, which is more of a percussive, and it goes deeper. It goes mm. deeper into your ass, deeper into your thighs. 
Not uh, like into your eye. That's your another, we'll you get to feel, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are paddles, actually, that are, are made of yeah. silicone that you can, like, turn around and then fuck, but don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but, we'll we'll get there. And I say ask, like, as in, on, the, on, the, on the broad side, if you will. But um, <laughs> then if you notice on the table back here, they do have uh, various instruments, and then one of them has uh, a gap in it, like a, sim like, a, like a symbol, like some kind of character or something. Well, when you spank someone, that's like, uh, that's like I don't know if anybody goes to, used to, probably people don't do this anymore, but tech, they used to go to suntan salons and they put a sticker on your hip to see, you know, like a little dolphin or oh, something. Or, like yeah, or the Playboy bunny. Yeah, yeah, or to see how, how tan you've gotten. Well, those are the equivalent in a, in a paddle. So when you paddle someone, it'll, it'll, it'll make red mark around everything except for that one gap. So it's kind of cool. And you, you leave that on your partner. Could say slut, it for could example. Say anything. Yeah, it could be a heart. And then it gets, the list goes on. Anything you can grab. Um, it's, uh, it's really up to people's, I have, I'm, I've played with even rods, even metal rods, um, call it a thumper, goes deeper into the skin. Yeah, or leather belts. Leather belts, I'm exactly. I'm a big Your fan fist, of. A fist-loaded fist. I've played with, um, mm. uh, like, boxing gloves, bo you know, like, bag gloves, you know, like a little fist-load. Um, or, you know, it's really, if you want to get fiendish, uh, um, they have these cut gloves that are, like, sharp, they have, they're, like, chainmail gloves to keep your, and you can spank with those. Um, so you can add to add to your spanking with those type of things. So. Yeah, and and canes also canes, uh, tend yeah. to be stingier. And um, uh, because we are in the woods, you really could just pick up any. A cane is a stick, so you can really just pick up any stick and use it as a switch um, and uh, go to town on someone. While we're talking about like all of the different kinds of impact play, you know, I think. It is important, first of all, it can't be stated enough to say that there is a difference between, uh, you know, consensual erotic sadomasochism and assault. And this is really a matter of both partners desiring to hit and be hit and hitting and being hit on particular places on the body. And it doesn't necessarily have to involve sex per se, although it certainly can. The butt is very close to other uh, parts of your body that you may want to uh, involve in your sexuality and the blood that rushes to that area during sadomasochistic activity on the butt uh, like spanking everything from spanking to to caning can definitely be really arousing but it can also be something that you can do to explore kink um, with someone you're totally allowed to have a boundary of, for example, like keeping your clothes on or keeping your leather shorts on or keeping your bikini on if you want to explore and experience these things and not feel like, oh, I don't want to sleep with that person, but I'm curious about being spanked. Yeah, I would definitely like encourage people if they, and this really applies to everything that we're talking about. If you like are curious about being tied up by someone that you don't necessarily want to get fucked by, like just like explain that that is your boundary and like put the emphasis on, and this is what I talk about a lot in my like dirty talk classes um, and in my books, like put the emphasis on the thing that you want and then br make the boundary also be a part of that and feel like just as excited about expressing your boundaries as you are about expressing your desires. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. If you're a dedicated wired people into that listener, then I know what's on your mind. Porno, vibrators, butt plugs, lube, bondage, and all the best pleasure products money can buy. So I'm ecstatic to tell you about a limited time offer from my friends at Adam and Eve. Go to adamandeve.com, pick out just about any item, and get 50% off your order. On top of that, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free mystery gift Who doesn't love a sexy, free mystery gift? Plus, free shipping on your entire order. So go to adamandeve.com and use code PEOPLE at checkout. That's PEOPLE, P-E-O-P-L-E, at adamandeve.com. Now back to the show. Do you want to pick our next subject? From this scratchy list that I have here. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go with age play. Awesome. Because that's often confu- you know, confusing and something that people, yeah, might want to learn a little bit more about. Especially people who have children. It's always a challenge for people to sort of project and to find that space of comfort between dynamic between age. So let me define age play now that we've tantalized you um, about this. So has anybody heard of a community or does anybody identify as a little? Is anybody, are there any littles out there? They're napping. That's cool. (laughs) So I think that there's a playground that has been designated as the littles playground. You might've seen that in your materials and wondered what that's about. And basically, Age play describes any kind of role play, fantasy, or identity persona, and I'll get into sort of defining that, that has to do with pretending to be or embodying an age that you are not currently. Now, this tends to be people playing with being ages younger than they are, which for most of us, I think, we have all like i'm 34 so i know what it's like to be 30 i know i certainly know what it's like to be 25. i also know i you know i have been 18 and 10 right so this is like actually drawing from my own experience and i haven't been any age that that is older than i am but i do sometimes like to play older but i think it's a bit more common for folks to want to get back to a place of more innocence or to be a kind of person that they maybe weren't when they were younger right so maybe you weren't super slutty when you were in your early 20s and so you want to sort of role play as a different version of that so for some folks this is going to be like a like a role play or a fantasy that they want to play out with their partner that they may want to set up a scene for an event like this where they're going to be like okay like I'm going to be it's my 21st birthday and like you're going to be like the bartender at the bar that like I've never been to before and you're going to take me home and for some people they really start to want to more embody or identify with or live as if you will to get a little psychological their inner child or their inner younger person right so I, I have a lot of friends who are adults well over the age of 18 
qualified legally consenting adults who also in a way like identify with having a part of themselves that they like to like a sort of a headspace that they like to go into that sometimes is 15 sometimes is 10 sometimes is as young as like four right and then you may have heard of like adult babies where somebody like really wants to like wear a diaper and just like totally go into that state where they are like helpless and just all about like loving their mama's tits you know so the thing that i really want to emphasize about this is this is not about a pathology of sexualizing children in an inappropriate way i'm just gonna like put that out there this is about people consensually like exploring like what that age has meant to them as a way to like access something that that they that they want and it might be sexual or it might be like just sort of like a way of accessing like a play space or a sensual space or a way to connect with a dynamic with their partner and sometimes people will have a dynamic with their partner where they have like a little girl persona right so like i'm 34 but i have like a little girl persona who is like a bratty 12 year old just hypothetically and then i might have a relationship with my partner where my partner is my daddy right so again this is not necessarily about daddy issues which gets thrown around a lot this is not necessarily about me sexualizing literal people in my family this is about like my daddy takes care of me i uncon my daddy loves me unconditionally this is about like in the same way that when we were younger that we might play house and play with like archetypes it's about like embodying all of those archetypes um sometimes to get off sometimes just to be able to access that play space that we are not really allowed as much as grown-ups okay so that is like my intro to what age play is but why why are people into that there's a lot of misconceptions as well because the terminology of um the daddy girl dynamic for example it's very similar to sort of a master slave dynamic mm. where there's there's sort of somewhat a caretaker someone who oversees someone who's nurturing and then someone who's receiving, someone who's, you know, fostered, someone who's taken care of, someone who feels protected. So you hear someone, you might hear me call my girlfriend baby girl. I don't see her as a baby girl. She is quite a woman. And, uh, <laughs> and I love her being a woman. And I'm into her woman. And, uh, uh, but, I, but I do call her my baby girl. And so there's sometimes someone can overhear something and think, oh, I get it. And I go, no, you don't. <laughs> like, it's not as simple. And I know that after, you know, some of the things that I go to in my head when I'm thinking about daddy, baby, girl, is it's been a long day. Mm. We both work hard. And I come home, I'm the daddy, and uh, I just want to just hold my baby girl. And my baby girl happens to be a woman. And so it's, the, you know, the dynamic is sort of, you know, it doesn't necessarily, it can have age elements, but it also has sort of a, surrendering mm. very tender sort of dynamic um, because someone could stand up and go that's clearly a woman and so that's for me i mean it's, it's protecting it's a sense of safety a sense of surrender a sense of trust passion a, bit, a, a sense of getting it you know because i mean we we all work a day we all get through our life we all have to hustle and most of us have to hustle for other people and it sucks it sucks and so when you have a partner, it's like, you know what, I get it, daddy. And you look back at them and say, you know what, I get it, baby girl. <laughs> and it's just where, where your head goes, where your head goes. And it's, that's the thing, we have an advanced cerebral cortex. We have this, we have a sense of self and consciousness. Have a blast. Yeah, word. We can create fantasies in our skull. 
We can we can implement those fantasies, and it's it's a very human thing and it's a gift. Mm. And so you can have a good time with it. Our 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 capacity to imagine and realize and implement and activate our thoughts is it's just awesome. Hell yes. It's just awesome. So so many ways to do it. I do it. Yeah, everybody go out and do everything we talked about uh, yeah, in the next hour, and then report back. But anyway, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much to Ravish for having me and having us. If you like this format and you're curious and you want to learn more about all different kinds of the wonderful spectrum of sexuality, I would love it if you would subscribe to my podcast, Wired People Into That. You can find out more about me and my work at both wiredpeopleintothat.com and tinahorn.net. Thanks, everybody. Hey, oh, yeah. folks, just a quick <coughs> announcement. Thank you for Thank shouting you. out oh, totally for the vendors. Um, they, the, totally the vendors are set up in the pavilion kind of around yeah, the, the, <laughs> perimeter, the back perimeter. There's erotic art. There's Wicked Wishes toys. We've got sinful leather products um, being sold. And Jen and Dr. Bob are selling some toys and shoes and books and DVDs. It's pretty awesome. We've got a vendor truck coming up for lunch. It's Garbo's, lobster rolls, hamburgers, and the lobster rolls are $13, and the second one is $8, so pretty much you get like 2 for 20 bucks. Um, we have fries and chips, and there's a special too, I don't know what the special is, but I know it's like, I think right under 10 bucks. Really good food. So make sure you eat up lunch and you enjoy yourself. And, and also there is a giant box of free condoms and lube, if you have not seen that. It is um, sitting kind of back where the community message board is, so take advantage of both those things. Um, so community message board, free condoms, and yes, commissary, if you want an awesome Camp Ravish t-shirt, they're at the commissary, as well as other snacks and goodies. Thank you so much for attending the podcast panel. Thanks, Thanks, Tina. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 